everybody, and welcome to the show, Feeling Well. Still just Ralph here. Uh, I, I, I could not or just didn't will myself to find a guest for this week, so it's just me. Um, Lloyd is not here. Lloyd is still away. He's we we had planned for this. We talked about this ahead of time. He told me two weeks. Um, we are at the beginning of the second week. Presumably, he's he's coming back for next week's free episode. Um, but when you do a podcast bi-weekly for like. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I guess we've been doing it bi-weekly since last October. We've been doing the podcast overall for like a year and a half. Uh, to not podcast at all with him for two weeks does feel like a lot. And I do wonder where his head is at and why. Because I'm sure he is very busy. I know he. I know he's 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 always you know pretty busy with his job, um, and that he's doing all these home renovations and apparently. He didn't have time or, or the space uh, to record the podcast within these two weeks because these happen to be the two weeks in which he's doing some kind of um, elaborate home project. He definitely mentioned it on the podcast before. I don't listen. To, I don't remember. Um, I, did, I just don't. It's hard for me to retain the information because I, I, like, I don't care about it. I don't find it interesting. But... um. But it's strange. I, I, I wonder how truthful he was. I wonder if he just wanted to take a break and sort of do a cleanse and maybe reevaluate things. Because how busy could he be really? Like I like I understand like like the point is that having done the podcast this long, like if you if you've been for this long etching out uh, carving out two hours a week to record a podcast, then that means you have the time and, and, and more than the time you have the willingness. Like, like everyone has two hours a week. I mean, I don't want to say everyone. I mean, if, if someone has a very, you know, taxing job or more than one job, like they may not want to do it. But the point is that if you have the desire and the willingness to do it and do do it, on this consistent of a basis like what do those two hours mean to you really like presumably you have chunks of leisure time of doing nothing in your weekly life so i so i do wonder like if that's sort of the realm in which you exist if that's the kind of person you are how busy could you possibly be like he's not he's not engaged in a task 18 hours a day i i don't think maybe he's just doing an ungodly amount of work i don't know um but i mean like is he still tweeting like i don't think he's let me check like i don't think he's just abstained um completely from from just like frivolous pastimes um like i don't think he's unplugging um as they say, or or is choosing to take a break from his uh, digital life to focus more fully on his uh, real life. Um, ironic to call it that, though, considering its uh, ultimate fraudulence. But no, I'm looking at his fucking page right now. Yeah, he, he tweeted 17 hours ago, Eugene ate a moth. 
don't care. I, I still truly don't like those cats. Um, or when he posts about them, or the dogs. Uh, many wasps in this house, but there's another good one. Oh, good. Uh, 22 hours ago, he tweeted that thing, I don't know who any of you people are again. I don't like that that's one of those tweets that he always repeats, because while that is true, and I would like to believe that it speaks to kind of his inner darkness and vacuity, it, 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 how it sounds, though, is like, it almost sounds like he's saying he's like better than Twitter in a way. He would probably deny that if you were to confront him. But how that reads is like him saying, ah, I don't even know who any of you people are. Like you guys are always getting caught up in this nonsense and it's exhausting and you're always roping me in where it's like you tweet constantly and have a podcast, dude. Like you are you are clearly heavily invested in this online profile you've you've created for yourself. Um so like don't pretend that like oh you just find it so exhausting i mean you probably do find it exhausting you probably do find it um spiritually taxing but you do it in spite of that because you're fucking addicted so so don't make it like look you know you guys are coming at me no one's coming at you or oh you guys are are, are, are diver divesting so much from from my stamina and i don't even know who any of you people are like that's 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 true on a profound level but it's also false. You do know who they are. You're invested in knowing who they are. You're invested in having them be aware of this of this persona you've crafted. Don't ever, ever, ever try to suggest that you're not like an internet addicted, um, like charlatan of, of of sorts. Maybe that's harsh. But um, just like never try to suggest you're too good for this shit, Lloyd. I I, I hope one day. I hope one day you walk away from it and that that tension is gone. I hope that for everyone. But for the time being, never ever suggest um, that you that you aren't shackled. That, that those tweets of yours, when you tweet something like that, that is the song of a bird that loves its cage. When you tweet something like, I don't know who any of you people are, that is, that is the song of a bird that loves its cage. You are in a cage, Lloyd, and you fucking love that cage. Um, but yeah, he's he's still he is tweeting less. I'll give him that. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I, I misread the date. Yeah, he's tweeting every day, and I mean, a tweet's you know a tweet is it's not like a tweet takes any effort, but um, but yeah, that's my point is that he's not like completely abstaining from online frivolity, um, from from um, you know time sucks. So it's like, like, is he truly, and I guess like a tweet is different than a podcast, of course, like, you know, over the course of the day, he can steal seconds to fire off a tweet, but that means he's still in like a tweeting mindset. Like he's, he's still in the state of mind where he's like, hmm, ah, that could be a tweet. Yes. Ah, another, another, another missile fired or whatever. Um, but even so it's like, is he, is he truly just, I say all this because I'm wondering if this was just an excuse for him to take a break from the podcast. Maybe he thought like, maybe he was kind of a little sick of podcasting. Maybe he was a little sick of me. Um, and he thought, okay, I'm, I'm building this, this deck or whatever the fuck he's doing, installing this jacuzzi over the next two weeks. 
Um, I assume I assume installing a jacuzzi wouldn't take two weeks, but whatever whatever bullshit he's doing. Um, it would be funny if uh, Lloyd had a jacuzzi uh, just on his fucking his his uh, in the middle of the farm that he's the, his his year long project of constructing a farm, but also there's a there's a jacuzzi in the mix. Wouldn't that be so? Wouldn't that be so quirky? Wouldn't that be so fucking zany if he had a hot tub and he was like taking a picture? He like he like he like had someone take a picture of him with like both of his dogs, just like his weird, dirty dogs, like sopping wet, looking vaguely troubled in either of his arms, and him smiling awkwardly in the cam- uh, at the camera, and he's like nipples deep in the hot tub, and you you can't see much of his body, but like all of his. Uh, orange translucent uh, body hair is just like clinging to his body and it's like a little too much like maybe he has like kind of a curious sore somewhere on his torso and it's like oh what is that's a little too I don't know about what's what's with Lloyd it makes you go for a second like ah, what's what's with Lloyd um what was I saying uh oh but anyway yeah like let's say he is constructing this this big thing um, he has this big project on the docket and he's like, well, let me use this. This is big enough. Let me use this as an excuse to take a break from the podcast. I'll, I'll tell Ralph ahead of time. Um, he'll understand Ralph will get on some, some guests. I'm sure Ralph will, 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 will cherish the opportunity. He'll revel in it. He'll, he'll shit talk me behind my back, either doing the podcast, uh, by himself or, or one of his usual guests. You know, he'll he'll in, in my absence he'll he'll lambast me even more because I won't even be there to defend myself. I'm sure he'll bring up my Twitter and and take these just kind of offhand meaningless tweets and read all this meaning into them and and monologue about what kind of person it makes me. Uh, I mean, what ways I'm insincere or sinister or something like that, and he'll just talk shit and go off on elaborate tangents and and um and 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 envision and and illustrate uh, scenarios in which I'm embarrassing myself somehow um I'm sure there'll be a textural quality where he where he uh, in detail describes oh just how gross my body is and oh he'll insult my pets gee thanks a lot yeah yeah and then god i'm beginning to remember why i want to take a break from this guy in this podcast in the first place so maybe he was thinking something along those lines and he's been using uh these two weeks to reevaluate things maybe he's thinking like maybe maybe after two weeks he'll be like oh yeah this was my life when i didn't have a podcast and it's fine. It's okay. I don't need this. But I don't think that's going to happen. Perish the thought. And I also don't think that's going to happen because Lloyd really does. He doesn't need a podcast. I mean, he he hasn't had a podcast for that long compared to how long he's been on Twitter. He's been on Twitter for like 11 years. But uh, he loves that fucking Twitter, man. And, and I always remember um, one day I was going through his old tweets just like, uh, 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 like searching specific words, trying to find something really embarrassing or um, problematic that he's tweeted in the past because he has been on Twitter for over a decade. Like that's such a fucking long um, period of time. Didn't find anything scandalous. Didn't find anything 
cringier than his usual slop. Um, but I did find, like, in, in his early going on Twitter, maybe this was, because he was on Twitter before me. Um, let me take a sip of my beer. Because he uh, he joined in 2009. I guess I, I my, my very first account I joined um, two years later. But, yeah, no, because, like, it wasn't like he was trying to tweet funny things or or insightful things or or just or anything like he would literally it just served as like a dry diary of his life like he would he would tweet even more than he tweets today he would he would tweet like several times every hour like hat sandwich still working on project project is difficult like really in like like a manic state and get literally zero engagement like no likes no comments like he didn't interact with people he didn't have as many followers that he has now um, so it, it does like his, his tweeting and by extension, just his posting. And then the podcast is, is just an, is just another kind of post. It's just a more elaborate post. He needs to post. It all stems from, um, from something that is genuine and lacking inside of him. It is a kind of palliative, I think, probably, Especially since he's he's um, you know he's moved away from all of his friends in New York, he is not likely to make friends in Vermont. Let's be honest. Um, so I think that he he wants to post as much as he can uh, reasonably manage, and that the podcast uh, is a part of that. Um, but we'll see, um, and. I, I just want to say to you all that I, I did not want to do this, this being a, uh, a solo podcast. Uh, I know I've done the Dragon Ball Z ones before over on the Patreon, but with that, I'm at least uh, uh, guided by um, uh, a single topic that I know something about, so it's much easier to riff and I'm moving in one direction. I'm not just directionlessly pissing in the wind. I'm I'm decidedly pissing in one direction in that case. And I can only imagine how insufferable this podcast's episode so far has been. Um and it's fun and I and I have no desire to podcast by myself. Like I'm not despite what some of you may think, like I'm not like I wasn't like rubbing my hands together like, oh, today it's just going to be me talking. I can just talk and talk and talk. And I was like, no, like I, I, I don't want to do this. Oh, you can probably hear um, the man who lives on the first floor of my building. I live on the third and top floor. Uh, he has access to uh, this little yard and he's been having uh, barbecues uh, all weekend. So you can probably hear the mariachi music playing. I just moved the mic vaguely towards my window. It probably doesn't pick up at all because this is like a close range kind of mic. But um, I like it. It's influencing me. And also I've I've been uh, treated to the smell of uh, charcoal and, and sizzling meats. Um, and it's great. It is actually a welcome odor from down there. Um, it really is uh, filling me with positive emotions. Practically moving me to tears. I, uh, boy... Boy, I would sure love hosting a hosting a barbecue in in on my patio for my 
big Mexican family, but unfortunately I am uh, sitting here by my computer recording a podcast by myself. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was that uh, I have no desire to, in in any real consistent capacity, to be a, a single mic, just me sort of podcaster. Um, I, I think there are very few people who can pull that off. Um, and it reminds me of this guy I, I used to know and hate friend of a friend, one in a, in a, in a grand tradition of friends of friends. I just truly find, uh, objectionable. Um, but he had a podcast from, um, it's weird. I want to think like, it was like the era before podcasts really became a thing with like fucking, um, before it was trendy and a thing you would do as a, uh, as like an urban millennial, you know, like before, like that kind of, that started in 2016 when like Chapo and it's, and it's uh, related podcasts really popped off and, and Patreon became a thing for podcasts. I want to say, does it, my timeline is, is foggy these past few years. Um, but I think it may have predated that because before that, you only really had um, super mainstream podcasts or like you had Mark Marin, you had Joe Rogan, and then you had like all the normie shit, like NPR and whatnot, but it didn't, podcasts didn't become like a meme and a hipster trend, really, I don't think, until about 2016. Um, but I think his may have predated that, and if it and if it did, that just speaks even more to his overwhelming narcissism. But he had a podcast... I think it was called like lapsed Catholics or so. I don't know. Don't don't look it up. But uh, but um, he uh, it was just him, and it was like episode after episode, and I was just like be like it was astonishing to me that someone would do that, that someone would would sit in front of a microphone, and essentially just talk about themselves for for hours every week and put it out and suggest that that's something that someone should listen to someone who doesn't even already have a following um and i just thought that was sickening and i remember i was talking to my then roommate brad at the time about it and um he's he's not like brad is not even as much of a fucking uh shithead as me online shithead as me um, so he was especially bewildered by it and he elected to, he, he started playing some of it for the both of us and it was just unlistenable. <laughs> it was just such, such, uh, frustrating drivel. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure this is that as well. Um, but at least this is just the one episode and I've noticed that I, I view my own, this is like one, cause the thing that kind of sets feeling well apart if anything, from other podcasts, is that it does kind of have this narrative quality where um, you could just kind of take a take a random episode and if you have like an understanding of what this kind of podcast is, you're like, all right, I can kind of tune in. I, I, I for the most part, know what these guys are talking about. I, for the most part, can discern when they're being ironic and when they're not, uh, I can, for the most part, vibe with their dynamic and I could half listen to this while I fold my laundry or on my commute to work or whatever, fine, sure. 
Um, but what, what sets it apart, um, if, if you are already um, accepting it on those terms, is that uh, it, is, it is kind of the story of our lives, at least of our emotional lives, of us interrogating each other um, about, about decisions we've made, um, how we're coping um, with our problems, what those problems are, and it gains momentum and things change uh, over time. And the podcast itself, to me, is almost like a work of endurance art. Uh, it's, it's, it's just just the effort and the strife of doing the podcast um, is in itself meaningful or is in, is in and of itself its purpose. Um, and so me recording this episode by myself is just another, uh, like a, an especially desperate chapter in which I'm just trying to keep this thing chugging along by filling in for this episode, um, doing it on my own. Um, and so that, that gives it a little, a little novelty and perhaps excuses the, um, what would under different circumstances be the inexcusable indulgence of me just prattling on by myself into a microphone, putting it out into the world, implicitly suggesting that people should listen to it. Um, and it's weird. It's weird the sort of contracts we enter into with ourselves because a podcast, it's weird. Other than this podcast, there's only really been two different kinds of things I would create in my life, basically. Um, like on the one hand, you have tweets, posts, which are, are innately, they're supposed to be low effort. They're supposed to be bullshit. Even if you're communicating something, uh, earnestly or something that relates to an important topic, like it's just a tweet. Um, it's, it's just a kind of game you play on the computer, um, it's it's ephemeral. It's it's innately ephemeral, and and for that reason, um, it's fun, and you do it because it's innately ephemeral and and tossed off and meaningless. It's a tweet. It's a brain fart, um, which doesn't mean it isn't um, by definition uh, validation seeking. That's what all social media is. That's what all posting is. Of course it is, and I still get the fucking uh, ding ding ding. Um, you know ringing bell of serotonin should a tweet uh, pop off of mine. Um, but it's still not something I, like, take pride in, exactly. Um, and I'm not trying to suggest that, like, oh, I'm above tweeting. I don't like, No one should take pride in their tweets. Like it, it, like, it is just, at the end of the day, a silly pastime. It's a video game. It's a video game where, uh, you know, the points are the likes and the retweets and the engagement. It's just a game we're all playing. Uh, it would be it would not make sense to to suggest otherwise. It's a game. Um, so on the one hand, there's that which I don't care about at all, but it's still something I'm putting out into the world. It's still, it's, it's still um, uh, things that I have literally created that I'm sharing with the world, but I'm sharing them with the shared understanding. We all I know that whatever the audience is for the tweets, they know same as me. They're just tweets, that they are ephemeral, that they are silly, that we're all just playing this, with this social pinball machine of, of, of goofs and gabs and opinions and takes, rather, not opinions. 
Um, so that's one reason why I would I would I would enter something into the void. But then basically everything else, be it a movie or or a short film or some kind of video or something I've written, um, those would be relatively few and far between, and they would be things I I genuinely care about and things that I am very much invested in in being good or or rather that they to a, you know to a satisfying degree express whatever it is i was itching to express like i i would look at those things and i'd be like oh well i mean th- these things i create are an extension of of me you know or, or they're an extension of what i like to believe is the truest part of me um and i would hate for them to um to not be um, an authentic representation of that me. Um, like I would, I would be invested in, in, in how it reflects on me, you know, right? Or, or I, would, I would care enough to, to make sure that each of those things, you know, whether a given one is good or bad, I don't know, but they would be authentic and they would be serious, serious in the sense that they were serious efforts. Um, and so, yeah, the, I, I wouldn't do that that often for that reason. And stuff that I made when I was like in school or significantly younger, um, I would I would take off the Internet or try to take off the Internet because I, I no longer um, was proud of it or I no longer thought that it, you know, I, I no longer wanted it to be a part of the uh, the the breadcrumb trail of of creative efforts I had on the Internet. Um but a but a podcast is something else. A podcast is kind of this weird thing in between where I do not take any pride in it. Um, I I do not consider it uh, to be in the same company as those other things I actually care about or cared about at the time. But it also isn't literally nothing. Like we do have to arrange for both of us to talk or even if it's just me for me to sit down and really do it. It's an hour and then every week it's another hour or another two hours and I got to, you know, adjust the levels and slap the music on the front and back. And then we tweet it out and we're asking people to listen to it. Like we're like we're asking for judgment where and um, but there's that dissonance where I'm like, I know. Like, whatever. I'm like, I'm, you know, I know I facetiously shit on the podcast all the time. It's not that it's like meaningless, but it's, it's like, it is, it is just this, it's just this fucking thing, just this bullshit, you know, like, not that it's bullshit, but uh, it's not something I'm like, it's not something we take ser- all that seriously. Like, we're not doing, like, we're just talking to each other and putting it out there. Um, but it's also not something that like I've worked on so much that I would feel comfortable with someone scrutinizing it. Not that I even care that someone's scrutinizing, but I'm just saying my relationship to the work of the podcast is in this weird middle realm where it's like, well, why am I doing this? That's what I'm driving at. And the answer is because I know that the podcast is actually a godsend to a lot of people. And that they quite literally need it. And that in the absence of this podcast, a lot of people would be in piss poor shape. Just kidding. 
the opposite is true, of course. The answer is because I am either mentally ill or terminally unhappy in ways I only faintly understand. Hey, sorry, I wanted to get another beer, but yeah, point is, I know this, I know this episode is bad. I, I don't want to suggest otherwise. I'm ashamed of myself for doing it. Um, and, um, actually, you know, I'm not ashamed. You should be whatever. I don't fucking give a shit here. Can you hear the music now? I'm actually, this is fun. I've disconnected from my computer and I'm, I'm mobile to keep the blood running, uh, flowing here. Listen to you hear the music. You probably still can't even hear it. But um, so last night I was just uh, I was texting with a friend. I mentioned earlier that guy who also did the uh, solo podcast um, was one in a um, sort of litany, a lifelong litany, a tradition really of friends of friends, or if they aren't exactly a friend of friend, they're just someone who is in the wider social network that is uh, tolerated by all. Um, that I just like truly hate and hate with like, like a sincerity and profundity that the like B and C league friends or acquaintances don't understand because my like two or three, I don't know, it's really like just one like friend does get it and feels the same way. Or sometimes it's like it's 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 like an, uh, a parallel friend group, and uh, I'm just kind of on my own. But like the people who are like my closest friends would get it. Lloyd would get it. Lloyd's in that group. Lloyd Lloyd usually hates the same people as me, though. Lloyd is also Lloyd's kind of an interesting hybrid because what I'm saying is that like you have the like like the first row friends, um, or like the friends who at least like who like if i'm like let me tell you why this guy fucking sucks like they will absolutely get it lloyd is in that row but then the people in the subsequent rows they either feel ambivalent about the language you're using um or they like totally don't even get where you're coming from they're like what but he's nice what are you talking about like they just don't get it right Lloyd's kind of funny because he will understand the hatred, but he is still like a tolerator. Like, I'm not a tolerator. Like, I I used to, like, confront people on their shittiness more and just kind of have active enemies. Um, But I don't really do that anymore because it's... it's it's mostly pointless and like what do i think i'm doing like it's stupid um so like i i i do my best to just avoid these people (laughs) and the best way to do that is to just avoid all people um but no like if i if i zero in on why some guy sucks i'll just i'll just vent to to that that uh, those uh those first row friends uh they'll get it and concur and and i'll just kind of leave that where it is i still confront people i'm 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 being completely disingenuous i I start shit all the time not as often but that's really only because i'm not as social as often like i like the only reason i'm saying that is because uh last night i encountered one of those people um 
but I didn't do anything about it because I wasn't talking to them. I was just, they were in my vicinity talking to someone else and I eavesdropped and I previously didn't like this person and this just made me hate them. And I was like, oh God, fuck it. But like, I wasn't, like I was at this, I was at this like uh, event that my friend was having and he was like the only person I really knew at the event. So I was like basically by myself. He was like entertaining, talking to other people. Um, so I wasn't there very long. I wasn't out very late, but I was there long enough to... I wasn't even eavesdropping. I was forced to listen to this conversation and it was just interminable. It was, it was dreadful. It reinforced everything I disliked about this guy. Um, but like bef before I get to the specifics, like there's a lot of, there's always been, there are guys who, who, who present themselves here and there um, through, through mutuals I know uh, or, or you know, I said mutuals like it's on Twitter. I'm not talking about Twitter, um, though they do are they are also on Twitter. But the intensity is never as great for someone on Twitter um, as opposed to when you can just see their fucking face. At least on Twitter, you don't have to hear their voice. At least on Twitter, you don't have to hear their voice. But um, I encounter these people, and like I, I truly, what people don't understand, those like oblivious um, acquaintances or BNC league friends is just like how earnest and how like honestly passionate my not fucking with them is like my disapproval is like so real like it's not petty and I think that's what like kind of bewilders a lot of those people it bewilders the acquaintances and the BNC league friends because they're like like wow you really like you mean it like you feel like you feel seriously about this. Like this is like a belief you like, you're not just being um, a dick or you're not just trying to be funny or whatever. Like you have a problem with this guy. Like, and, it, and I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and it's, what's even funnier is that the, the people who are like the, the, the guys that I, that, that I've hated, they also like it's be like they're so narcissistic and oblivious that the realness like they like after a time they can't rationalize it you know because i'm sure initially it's either to compartment it's easy to compartmentalize because it's like well what the fuck does that guy know fuck him he's probably jealous of me or this or that but after a time like they come to understand like like, like, they, like they look into my eyes or, or like they're just somehow able to conclude like, wow, this is real, you know, like this is like for, for like an immovable, like solid reason that I can't just chalk up to something imaginary or like something that's on them. This is real. And they're kind of taken aback because they're used to no one ever challenging them never in their life, you know, um, and another thing is that they'll they'll see me and it's like, I don't know, you listen to this podcast and it's a podcast, like basically all Lloyd, Lloyd and I do is complain, right? Complain about different things. And I'm sure me especially, I come across as, as um, you know, a, a sort of prickly, uh, hating ass person. But like, no, like I, I am, I am, what, what's, what's further bewildering to these targets of my of my ire is that um is that like 
I, I'll be cool with uh, the people we both know, you know, like they will see that I am capable of being pleasant to people. And, and then they're like, well, well, honestly, why not me? Like they'll see someone who in a lot of ways, like lines up with their own identity, you know, um, and then they'll be like, well, if they, if they permit them, why don't they permit me? And the reason which they can never understand is that I feel and I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I am always right. But I'm saying like whether or not I'm right is still, you know, it, it, the arguments can be made um, to the contrary. But like, like I believe, I feel that I dislike these people for moral reasons. Like I think, like I, I see them and I know that I can, like I'm, I know that I'm discerning the contents of their souls. Maybe not in every particular but I like I, I I understand the concept that they I understand the context in which they reside. I understand the the environment we share, um, and I can deduce their motivations, and I can then contextualize their actions, and and I, I, I mean this is just a long way of saying like like it's it's not even a matter of analysis. Like I just here's the thing. Like I just see them for who they are, okay, and I and I'm not afraid to to say it when I believe that someone is being disingenuous, um, so as to serve nefarious ends, um, and it's not and it's not because I'm so perceptive. I I like you know perhaps I'm I'm I uh, I have I could suss out a very specific strain of shittiness and in, in in certain people. Um, in these, in these, uh, uh, circles, um, that I, uh, exist in, but I'm not, I'm not suggesting that like, it's a superpower of mine. No. Um, it's just that I think most, I think a lot of people, um, and maybe this is just kind of specific to the environments I'm in, but a lot of people, it's like, it's not just a matter of like, I, like it's not as simple as like I don't expect people to um, hate inconsequential um, randos with the passion I sometimes have. Um, I'm sure that reflects poorly on me one way or another, despite me being not only right but righteous. Um, but like it's not, it's not even that. Like, but they can't be like neutral. They have to at least on the proverbial paper be friends with them it's it's not that they're friends with the people they like they're friends with someone unless there's a clear reason why they oughtn't be friends with that person or can't be friends with that person you understand what i'm saying it's like it's like everyone is a friend until proven guilty or something it's like, oh, I know him. He didn't specifically wrong me. He's my friend. You know, it's it's like that. And that's not how things are supposed to be. That's not how that's not how relationships uh, are supposed to be formed. 
there should be a, a mutual understanding of something, a, a, a sort of shared affinity. You should like the other person, and there should be mutual trust and respect. Uh, you should discriminate. <laughs> Don't take that out of context. But when it comes to the people you consider your friends, the people you claim to like or even love, you, yeah, you sh of course you should discriminate because you're a person who has a fucking distinct personality. And the people you're friends with um, should speak to that personality in some way. You should have um, either certain um, shared characteristics or you should have characteristics that may be different, but they complement each other in some way. It shouldn't just be like, oh, uh, just like uh, politically, it's like, oh, well, yeah, this person, it's not even politically, it's not even as if it's, um, it, for these people, it's like to achieve like a specific cynical uh, social end, at least that I would respect because it would make sense. But like, I feel like people do this for reasons that they don't even, they're not cognizant of, I don't know. It's like people who like, It's like, oh, he's nice. Like, oh, he hasn't done anything bad to me. But it's like, like, look at the truth of what he's doing. I don't know. I'm probably losing you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> just, just me rambling on about how I, how I can just psychically infer the, the, the bad soul of a, of a given person. But I could, I could. <laughs> But um, but no, I think I am describing a real thing, though. Um, it, it, all all it is is calling bullshit. Is like a willingness to call bullshit. Um, and 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 I do that, and I do get genuinely upset when I think someone is being, uh, you know, it's when someone like, because like I've known people who are just, God, this podcast must be so insufferable. Like, look, I just hate fake people, you know, but, <laughs> but, um, no, it's like, like I've known people who are like very clearly just outwardly the devil, you know, and that I may find upsetting or disturbing. Um, but it doesn't make me mad. It doesn't, it doesn't fill me with indignation, because I'm like, well, everyone knows that's the devil. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, hello, devil. Yes, how do you do? Like, like everyone is already on the same page, even if, like, like he's the devil. He's going to go be with other, his demons. And, like, no one is, like, like, he's not convincing anyone, at least no one within, like, that, that friend sphere, uh, not the B-League friends, not the C-League friends. Like, he's, he's not going to disabuse them of any notions anyway because he's got the fucking horns and the pitchfork and the pointy tail. But it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's usually, um, it's usually these guys who make a spectacle of themselves all the time, who are attention seeking, who are closetedly vindictive, um, who are, who are closetedly really entitled and bitter um, but they safeguard themselves um, from criticism of that of the, of that of those qualities, or prevent people, um, less discerning people than I, from identifying those qualities by assuming this. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm describing is a very common trope, which is this. I guess like to say like the like the nice guy charade has like kind of a uh, 
like kind of a, like a sexual predation uh, connotation to it, which, which, you know, um, I've encountered guys who I've hated like this, who, who do, ha- who did have that quality as well. But I'm not specifically talking about that, but it's like, like what, what people don't understand is that a lot of people use nice niceness as a way of like, obviously like just like currying favor and throwing you off the scent of their fucking, of their, of their evil. <laughs> like, isn't that fucking obvious? Um, but unless that person is immediately being exposed to of having done a very bad thing, they aren't uh, keen to point that out, which I guess is understanding because like you're listening to what I'm saying. It's like, what? So you're just you just make wild insinuations about people. It's like, no, I don't. But I'm saying a lot of people just just they they don't have any kind of functioning bullshit detector and will give the least deserving people um like uh, always the benefit of the doubt and it's like so like there is this guy and um who i encountered last night who i had count i had encountered previously before and um he's like this very like twee guy um he's 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 like straight but he does that thing where he's like Oh, I'm looking for a GF, but also, huh, I'm 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 what you might call a male girl. Like he like kind of he like he like tries to like feminize himself in like sort of like superficial ways that I think that I think he thinks will make him um, more appealing on social media or whatever. And um, he does like this terrible hybrid of of uh, spoken word poetry and stand up comedy because he's bad at both. So of course people think if they could combine both these things that they can't really do, it'll result in one thing they can do. But of course what it in reality results in is this uh, incongruous, embarrassing kind of abomination. Um, And so he does that. And um, crucially, um, his parents are millionaires. Um, And he he lives in downtown Brooklyn. He lives in one of uh, several, for those of you who don't know New York, one of several neighborhoods that comprise what is referred to as downtown Brooklyn, which is a very expensive place to live. Um, and that includes like Park Slope, Carroll Gardens, Gowanus, uh, Red Hook. Um, it's like where the Barclay Center is too. Um, it's like places, it's like an area that me and none of my friends could afford and, and could could not feasibly afford in, in the foreseeable future, if ever. Um, it's like 100% like gentrified Brooklyn, like 100%. A lot of really nice brownstones, really nice scenery, uh, Whole Foods, and it's not like Bed-Stuy and Bushwick and um, Crown Heights and Ridgewood where it's like a mix of um, gentrifiers, uh, people who moved to Brooklyn and like, you know, housing projects and, and poorer families who have been everywhere. Like, no, it's like, it's like, it's, it's been, it's been blanketed by uh, shitheads downtown Brooklyn. It's a lot of families too, because like, even like, even like the, uh, the, the fail children who live in, in Bed-Stuy and Bushwick, which is fucking expensive enough who have their parents financing their lives. Like even, like even they are not going to, I assume like 
I don't know, just like a lot of, a lot of like starter families in, in downtown Brooklyn with where like both parents have like a cool job where it's like, Oh, I'm an archivist. Oh, my wife, she works at this, this smaller record label, you know, this or that. Uh, you ever heard of Interpol? No. Yeah. It's him or whatever. Um, so it's like that. Uh, but the point is he lives there and not only does he live in this particular neighborhood, he's like keen to like backdoor brag about it. And, um, I couldn't help overhearing this conversation last night as I was like waiting for this event on the sidewalk where he just like, he does this thing where he's like this like performative extrovert where he always just like saunters around and moves his body in such a way where it's like, I'm here. This is the me show. And, and what, what immediately, what initially turned me off to him is that like, I, I tried to talk to him at like a couple of, um, uh, social outings in the past, but like he, he like doesn't listen to you at all. And kind of like when he does, like regards you with kind of this, I, that's halfway is is like half on the way to being rolled where he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm like, he, like he, he approaches you with a sarcasm. He doesn't think you can detect. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's like in those old Woody Allen movies where the, the Allen character would like in the context of a scene, like say a one liner for the benefit of the audience that none of the other characters either hear or understand. It like goes over their head. That's how he behaves around uh, other people. He thinks that he is the star of the mumblecore movie in his head. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm such an acerbic wit, but also a hopeless romantic and, and everyone else you know, they're they're not the protagonists of their own stories. They just exist to be a foil for me, and and how, and how uh, funny and yet offhandedly profound and real I am and can be. That's how he carries himself, and it's fucking insufferable. And he just approaches these these two girls, and they strike up this conversation, talking about like what their favorite fucking uh, uh, like train lines are in the city like oh well yeah oh well what about the M and it's like oh yeah well then you have the G which is the Brooklyn one of course Brooklyn represents completely inane conversation and um, and then like he keeps like talking about how he, he lives in this neighborhood and it's so strange to me because um, like I, I belong to this to this this nebulous but like definitely like specific milieu of like online millennials and if you're listening to this you do too and he does too where it's like um like you're you're aware of and in his case um oh i forgot to mention too that he apparently has some sort of uh lucrative job at um at uh, Condé Nast, which I'm sure he earned on his merits and, and not through his millionaire parents. But um, everyone is at least aware of if they are not explicitly trading in or reacting to like things like privileged discourse or just or just something that accurately or not can be interpreted as relating to like social justice or whatever, you know. Uh, but this guy, he's like open about 
his his family's wealth. And on top of that, he's he's like bragging about this about this expensive neighborhood he lives in. And and like if you look at his Twitter, like he trades in woke shit, you know? But it's like ID Paul specific woke shit, of course. So there is that. But it's like he has to at least be aware of the of the uh, whole like uh, income inequality, socialism, uh, you're privileged in the sense that you have more money sort of thing, right? Like he has to, and on top of that, it's like, well, aren't you like, how are you not self-conscious at all about the fact that your parents basically just financed this, this layabout uh, bohemian lifestyle you have. And I was really wondering about that because I, like, I can't relate to that at all. And it's like, uh, and, and even if that I were in that position, like I have to think that I would feel kind of guilty about it because it's like, don't you just want, like, do you not have the pride of like, like uh, I, I was going to say burdening your parents, but I guess his parents have so much money that it's not a burden. So why should he ever question it? But don't you like look at your other friends and like consider the fact that they're precarious or like they may be struggling, but in spite of that, like they support themselves and you don't have to do that and you have that luxury. Don't you like recognize that difference and at least feel kind of weird and self-conscious about it like how do you not how is it that he neither has any guilt whatsoever just like every day is his birthday and everyone should pay attention to him and care about what he perceives to be his problems um like how is he how is he that instead of being someone who is either genuinely or just like performatively guilty like you know those people which i'm not endorsing either who are like you know very like um outwardly uh in like an intention-seeking way like self-flagellating you know like oh i'm trying to recognize my this and be a better person like whatever or like someone who like even if they aren't um you know posting about it they they like feel weird and, and defensive and and maybe they hide the fact that their parents are millionaires you know because they know that would be a bad look to a lot of people whose parents aren't um or he's also not like a nihilistic degenerate that's the other thing he's also not someone who's just like doing coke all the time and and doesn't give a shit about looking like a good or enlightened person um like he he's not on any of those polls like he's someone who um, believes he's a good person, um, and has is and is invested in seeming like one and seeming like he's concerned with social justice, um, but he not only is not ambivalent about, but indeed flouts his his material uh, privilege, his his elevated station in life. So it's like, how does he rationalize who he is? And the answer, I was thinking about it, is that in his mind, he thinks, because of all of the identities, real and imagined, that comprise him, his conception of himself, that the fact that he is leading 
this this um, solipsistic bohemian lifestyle, the fact that he is living his life the way he wants to and is being indulgent and is just sort of getting what he wants, whatever he wants, um, without having to work or worry, he thinks that in and of itself, because of those identities, is a virtue. That is virtue. The fact that he is being nice to him means he is being a nice person, that he is being a good person because he gives him yummy the cookies he wants all the time. He thinks that is a politics on its own. And I think a lot of people think that way. And um, I'm able to do, like I have the facts in my head. Like if what I, if what I was saying before sounded like like weird and, and crazily vague, this is, this is what I meant. This is now that you have some specifics. Like I'm looking at this guy. I find him annoying. And that's, I find him annoying for reasons relating. I think it's all tied up in my understanding of him, but also some of it is just like, he, he, he says annoying things. He like talks too much. He, he carries himself in a way that I find like he's, he's, he's acting out and always seeking attention. That's annoying to me. There must be some people who like these, these girls were talking to him. They must not have found it annoying. Fine. There's that. But it's like, I, I know he has millionaire parents. I know he has the fancy job. I can hear him bragging about living in the fancy neighborhood. And I could see clear as day that he is this person who insists upon receiving attention from other people. And based on my own experience, I know that he is not necessarily going to return that attention and, and listen to you and be considerate of other people. Um, and, and some of the things I just said are a matter of opinion and some are not, but like, I like how how is it that I can have these facts in my head and and see how this guy is like a hypocrite and an opportunist and not find him objectionable? I mean, he's not a war criminal. He hasn't really done anything to me. And I've never like confronted this guy. This guy probably doesn't even remember who I fucking am. But it's like like I really don't like him. And people that I like and I respect do like him. Um, and do tolerate him and it's not a big deal again, but it, but it's just kind of funny. And it's an example of people who like, will just, will they'll just kind of decline to interrogate the immediate implications, um, of a person. And maybe I sound like a fucking maniac. I feel like I have a tendency where I really want to like specifically try to describe a feeling I have and, Maybe I'll struggle to do it, but I'll speak in terms that are like very broad and intense and that probably just make me sound crazy, but I really don't mean it that way. It's just me just trying to be clear, but I think that's what a lot of people, that's why a lot of people kind of, oh, they're like, well, take it easy, but I'm, I'm really just trying to describe something specific. Um, but at the same time, if the person I'm talking to hearing me saying this finds it very overly intense. It actually isn't overly intense. I think the intensity is warranted um, because I actually do think these people I'm describing, um, even if they, like they are, like uh, like how I really feel at the end of the day, like I could be like, all right, all right, yeah, whatever, fine, big deal. But I actually do think they're evil. I actually do think they're sinister and that what's bad about them is profound. Like they are a synecdoche um, for like something very serious 
that is plaguing the world. Like they not they may not be the guy who is like outwardly the devil and everyone knows he's the devil, so they never consider him as anything but um but really they're in league with with that devil um but they get to masquerade not only as if they were not but as if they were the opposite as if they were forces for good and they're not forces for good they're forces for evil um and another thing about this this guy that I just I just want to say is that like he's he's a classic example of these people who they are manipulative um, they do take advantage of people. They are huge hypocrites. Um, but because of that, like, like it's not just the niceness, but also because like they're so like defanged or lame or dorky or out of shape. Like what I want to say is that like just because you're a loser doesn't mean you're a good person. Like just because, you know, you're, you're just kind of shaped like a long tube and you would probably die if you did a push-up, um, and you can't get a girlfriend, and and you know maybe you're not um, traditionally masculine, um, and you feel self-conscious about it. Not that anyone should should feel compelled to be uh, to, to be that, but I'm saying like if if you if you are uncool, that doesn't necessarily mean like oh well I may not be like those other guys, but that's because of my, my good character. I, because of my, those, what some people would call shortcomings, those are actually, I'm actually able to tap into the true, it's like, no, maybe sometimes that's the case, but those things, they're not necessarily uh, corollaries. Uh, you can be a lame ass and a really bad person. In fact, a lot of people are. In fact, practically all bad people are. Just because you're a loser doesn't mean you're a good guy. You can be both, my friend. And I should have just said all these things to him last night and then and then just left into the darkness. But I didn't because I'm working on myself. And 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 that's a beautiful thing. Uh, anyway, uh, this has been the worst episode yet of Feeling Well. Um, I will be sure to have a guest of some kind on the episode later this week, which you can access by heading on over to patreon.com slash feelingwell. For just $5 a month, you will get a premium episode every Thursday, as well as access to our now sizable archive. And um, you should do that because the only thing that's going to keep Lloyd where he has to be on the other end of that other microphone is if we get more of those Patreon subscribers. So if you want to invo- if you want to avoid another train wreck of an episode like this one, uh, be sure to head on over and subscribe if you haven't already. But uh, till then, you could uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at FeelingWellPod. You can follow me at HeyRalphMan. You can follow Lloyd at Void Howler. Listeners, always a pleasure. Bye bye. <laughs>